Can't get enough BYU football? Listen to Cougar Nation. Mitch Harper takes your calls Monday nights from 6 to 7 on KSL News Radio. Podcast at KSLNewsRadio.com. That's right. Cougar Nation tomorrow night. It makes it sound like that you're just going to take calls, Mitch, like at your house. Just your <laughs> cell phone number. Should we give that out too? Let's say, hey, call Mitch Harper if you have any issues. Like he'll 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 be the shoulder to cry on. He'll give you some stats. You know, speaking of stats, by the way, uh, we've talked a lot on first and twelve this year. Some of the bad stats that BYU's kind of had to kind of you know how historically bad the offense has been. Uh, I did notice today that they did not get to four hundred yards in a game in the entire season for the first time since the late 1930s. And uh, I throw out that 1945 year just because they only had seven games and, and our nation's at war. I mean, that's how bad of, like, I, I mean, really, we've, yeah. had to, we've had to dig so far back in the decades to be able to figure out how historically bad this team was on offense. I mean, it just is crazy, too. It, it, it's crazy, Mitch, because it was such a bad game from a perspective of they're scoring, they're moving the ball, except for in the second half. I, I don't think that they eclipsed even the the 60-yard the mark in the second half, 70-yard mark. I don't know what it was. They got to overtime, and they had more yards, but it was just it was all the things that came back and haunted them all year long. Time of possession, they lost that one. They had uh, 20-something fewer plays than Oklahoma State did on the game. Everything, that the third down conversion was abysmal, uh, but – I mean, to be 47% completion rating for or completion percentage for Jake Retzlaff, I just can't imagine that BYU feels comfortable. I, and Kalani Satake uh, obviously uh, mentioned it last kind of last, you know, this this uh, this last segment where you start talking about all these young quarterbacks. It's like, dude, I don't want to hear about all the young quarterbacks. Like, none of those guys are ready. You know what I mean? Like, I don't want none of those guys are ready for BYU. And Jake Retzloff is not the guy either. And so I don't know what the what the transfer portal is going to bring. And you hate the idea of having to go out and try to find a Keaton Slovis-type guy like they did last year where they thought they had kind of hit a home run in the transfer portal. But at the very least, they have to go find somebody, a quarterback in the transfer portal. You need to go get an underclassman. You know, and I, and I say this name because he's got local ties. But, you know, with Devin Brown at Ohio State, you know, what's his thought process? Because he's, you know, sitting behind McCord at Ohio State and, even though they lost, maybe there's going to be a battle again. But if he goes into the portal, you know, that's the type of prospect you want. A guy that maybe doesn't have a massive, you know, sheet of of games. You know, I think everyone thought, oh, Slovis has played 30 starts in his career. But really, it ended up being he was who we thought, we thought he was in January. Right. Yep. And I think everyone kind of bought into he's a perfect fit off the field. He's the leader. And he really 100%. embraced and leaned into BYU way. Like, I, I, Keaton Slovis, I look as a BYU man through and through now. But on, on the field, he was who he thought he was. And Jake Retzlaff, because of how how poor BYU's offense was heading into West Virginia, his little bit of success worth 42 pass attempts felt like there was a glimmer of hope. But then it just got yanked out against Iowa State and then the 100-yard pick six against o Oklahoma. And the inaccuracy was just... Yeah. Was just horrendous against Oklahoma State. To where you, you, the thing is, it's nice about coming out of this game, Alex, that you really have now a good sense of who Jake Retzlaff is. Because if it was just Retzlaff against West Virginia and then three more starts of Slovis, you might be saying 
Brett Slav's the guy. But n- now you kind of know. And, and he's probably, at best, a career backup in, in D1 college football unless something drastically changes for his development in the yeah. way he passes the football. So BYU's got to be in that portal unless they get some I- immense – you know, potential from or, uh, you know, improvement from some of these young guys. And, you know, Ryder Burr and Kalani mentioned, you know, if you want to talk about, like, long-term, like, who could be the next big thing, it probably is him. But you're right, though. If he was that good already, he'd be playing, and they wouldn't be trotting out what they did on Saturday, well, and, and there was a lot of issues. Yeah, think about what he said, too, where he's like, look, uh, Zach had a lot of time in the system. Jaron had a lot of time in the system, right? And these other guys – do not. <laughs> you know, these other guys that yeah. we threw in there did not. And you're exactly right. We were so over, you know, head over heels about how Keaton Slovis was going to mission farewells with his teammates. He's hanging out. He's, yeah. uh, you know, he's, he, right? We got we got totally sold on him being a chemistry fit because we wanted it. Like, hey, it's hard to get it's hard to get that culture fit, you know, right there at the beginning with a guy who's not an LDS kid, but he comes in. It seems like he's totally buying in to everything that BYU stands for, except for the part where if you're going to be a BYU quarterback, you better freaking sling it, man. And that's where that's the real tradition. No one cares if you can get along with your buddies and hang out and have a good time with them if you can't win football games or if you can't score points. It just is. It doesn't. That's the part where you're like, this is the most out of character BYU team I've seen since the Gary Croton years. I mean, even even when BYU yeah. was bad in 2017, you're like, yeah, but they still have some talent. They still have some things going on here, and they were still having these five, six hundred yards, or four, five hundred yard games, even against bad teams. You know, but but. To be well, totally that was a, out of, that was a brutal team. Seventeen was they were they I were awful. Stand, was that the they worst? They were awful. They were the yeah, worst. You know what? The worst. No, they were bad. They were bad. But this one seems so out of character, right? It seems so because that one was like, oh man, you're missing Taysom Hill now, and you're missing uh, Jamal sure. Williams. Like those guys, uh, you know, were NFL dudes, and you didn't know how good of an of NFL guys they were when they were there. But this one was so out of. It, it, like you, you didn't recognize anything what this team was doing this year. Nothing. And I think that's a great point, and it's a great point, Alex. And I think what is compounded by that. Think back to fall camp. Aaron Roderick said they upgraded at every position on offense, and the only spot that you maybe say they did quarterback is at quarterback because it was a wash. And then you know he was saying the the offensive line last year was Big Twelve ready. They were not, and nope. it was just a total step back. And Kalani Satake told me at Big Twelve Media Day deepest team he's had since he was at BYU and Jeez. and and I think that to but to his credit I do believe that there was some talent there but I think it was measured by BYU standards I think BYU got a harsh reality that you do not judge these Big 12 teams by their logos they will prove you wrong these are fighter programs they showed it in conference realignment they will fight to the bitter end and they will assemble talent that you do not realize how good they can be i'll i'll admit i underestimate some of these big 12 teams and then when you see them in person you go holy cow the size of these teams compared to byu there is truly a gap. I underestimated that talent gap when BYU stepped in because I thought the BYU way can be good enough to still get six or seven wins because BYU is just a tough out. They were not a tough out in some games, and I think that was what blew me away and that some of the talent and the and the preparation, the coaching staffs in these Big 12s just far outclass BYU, and I think that's a little bit discouraging. They made some progress at the end, Alex, against Oklahoma and Oklahoma State, but uh, there, there's a long road to go for BYU because – the glory of you know consistently being an eight to ten win team every year, I feel like that's out the door unless something drastically changes because this could be a program that's just you know 
a five to six win team on an annual basis, and it gets a little bit more challenging when you know now know your rival is joining the league next year. The pressure's on. You got to step it up and, and change this thing in a hurry, and that's just the nature of college football these days. All right, let's take another break here. I mean, this is usually our, this is reserved for our uh, college or our uh, Big Twelve uh, game of the week, and by far. The Oklahoma State-BYU game, the double overtime thriller, was the best game in the conference. Uh, It just ended, obviously, poorly for uh, the BYU fans who uh, don't get to go to a bowl game. I mean, it's weird. Yeah, I I don't know. I mean, we're used to going (laughs) mid-December somewhere, right? But uh, in the end, they don't get that. But you know what they can do, uh, Mitch? They can turn up the uh, recruiting immediately. And that's what you hope they do. All right, we'll take a break. We'll come back. Our second hour, always featuring our power poll. Now the power poll is basically going to look like look, going to look like the standings. I mean, we're set here. Let's get into it, and we'll talk about it next right here. It's first and twelve KSL News Radio and the KSL Sports Zone. Stay with us.